I'm going to make an episode um, about wave radio and about the work I'm, I did to get the weekly show Business Jazz podcast up onto wave radio. And in order to do it, I have to put up here a whole series of uh, waves so that I can turn them into an episode. They're over 24 hours old, but what follows probably about somewhere between six and ten pieces of audio all about the same topic, how to do work for wave radio using audacity in order to get the 15-minute program, Business Jazz Podcast, um, into the place where it should be. So that's why the next uh, approximately 10 pieces of audio have been clustered together right now. You are, of course, absolutely welcome <laughs> to listen to them. All the best for now. Bye. At least once a week in Cork, I meet a guy who loves making audio and hates editing it. His, his attitude is that He's lived a whole lifetime with all sorts of sounds bottled up inside his body, some of them in memory and others in, I don't know, buried somewhere in the body anyway. And releasing audio, making podcasts, making many podcasts, making episodes, making any of, making utterances, you know, that, that's easy because there's just it's a bit like letting out, letting out some steam which has built up over the, over, the, over the time. But when it comes to editing, he finds it a real pain in the neck. So much a pain in the neck that he gets a headache every time he starts to do it. So, I'm with this guy now, I'm with this guy here and he's, he's on audacity. Now you would think that the number of times he's been in audacity, he would have be able to remember what to do. But this poor guy is going to audacity, then he goes across onto finder, then he finds himself a piece of audio that he wants to edit because he's making a radio program for wave radio. Yeah, and he's got a... He's late, basically. This should have been in at half past nine this morning, and it isn't. It isn't... It isn't there yet. It isn't up on wave radio yet. 
So that's the trouble. That's the trouble that he's having. He's uh, he's just copied across from Binder on the Mac a file called "Is a good story better than a true one?" Is a good story better than a true one? It's an episode of Business Jazz. It's actually the latest episode of Business Jazz podcast, and he's pulling it into Audacity. And when he gets it into Audacity, he's going to look at it and say, well, look, this is 35 minutes long. I want to get a piece of audio that lasts no longer than 15 minutes. So he better, so he'd probably say to himself, look, I better aim for 12. So how on earth to get from 35 to 12, and he's looking at Audacity, he's got these waveforms in front of him, sure he hardly even knows how to understand waveforms. Now he does know that if you cut the darn thing in half, that would get you somewhere, but no, you have to cut the thing in third. So I think what he's going to do is he's actually going to play. Hello, it's Roger. Just as a little introduction to this episode, more of a, an erratum that you'd find in a book because I get something wrong in this episode and I'm a little bit embarrassed because I call an athlete by the wrong name. John Kelly achieved a phenomenal feat and I get so excited in this, this episode of Business Jazz talking about that feat that I get his name wrong and instead of calling him John Kelly, I call him John Allen. So I just want you to know that the athlete who achieved the incredible thing that we talk about in this episode, and you'll have to listen to the episode to find out exactly what it is he did do, isn't called John Allen, but is called John Kelly. And with that, on to this episode. Welcome to well, that was Roger Overall. But I'm definitely keeping that in. Proust. I'm not the only person who makes cock-ups. The podcast about how to be genuinely attractive in business today. Please don't forget that there's a whole lot of people listening to this podcast who either are antipathetic to Apple I can't stand the bastards because they don't use open source software, so... Well, that's, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care because that's not actually the point of this episode. The point of the episode is how not to let somebody else tell your story. Um, and Apple is just an example of a company that let other people tell its story by leaving a void other people will come in and fill it. So, let's move on to another example and let's also give a good example of how immediately to take control of a situation and communicate effectively out into the world what really happened. Now I think this bit has to stay in. I am in. taking you to America. I am taking you to Frozen Head State Park on the East Coast. I am taking you back a few days to one of the most monumental running races ever held. I am taking you to the 2000... I wonder if there's anyone on anchor who lives anywhere near Fountainhead State Park in Tennessee, I wonder. But please don't forget that there's a whole lot
lot of people listening to this podcast oh. who... Stupid me, I don't want to be going back over old ground. Yeah, it's quite rare for anybody to actually finish the race because you have to do five of these loops. Now, if yeah. I tell you, Paul, how far do you think you could go at two miles an hour? Two um, miles an hour doesn't sound very tiring, does it? It depends on the terrain, but I reckon I could yes. go a really long way if you gave me food and water yes. well, and uh, a bit of an ability to sleep along the way. Well, there's a very insightful answer. So, to actually complete the Barclay Marathons, you only need to go at two miles an hour. Surely anybody can go at two miles an hour, but the terrain is brutal. The terrain is unbelievable, and it's all off-trail. And by the way, you're given very sketchy directions as to what the actual route is, and you have to locate 13 books this year, 13 books, rip out the page that corresponds with your bib number for that loop. There are people I know like uh, Ray Gerard, he's uh, running, he's into long distance running, I think he's up to five kilometres now, I mean that's very long by my standards, I think Bobby Kuntz over there in uh, Las Vegas is into cycling huge long distances across Massachusetts, I think. I'll have to double check, but I think that's what he's going to do. Bernie Goldbach is doing something extravagant, like 10,000 10, meters. No, no, not 10,000 meters. 10,000 10, steps. Yes, he's doing 10,000 steps. So, I don't know. It's, uh, maybe maybe I should uh, cut some of this, leave some of this in. Let's see. Keep going, you silly. See, this is the trouble with audacity. To America. I am taking you to... No, 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 no. ...on the East Coast. I am taking you back. They couldn't work together on the fifth loop because they both had to go in an, op in an opposite direction, one clockwise, one anti-clockwise. They would have crossed somewhere, but they couldn't work together anymore. We had it. Okay, okay, okay. Now, look, what I have to do is to knock this 35-minute piece of audio into 15 and you can't do that by taking out sentences here and there. You just literally have to take a machete. So I'm going to cut out uh, everywhere from now on right until near the end. And then I'm going to tweak. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go to about, maybe I'll go to about 12 minutes in. Having a clue where this is going to land highlight everything from 12 minutes in to about 32 minutes in hit the edit button uh, delete that bit come on go away oh it didn't disappear okay oh yes it did oh yes it is now oh well well one one more go will complete the job Okay, now I have to see, let me see what the end is like. Give people something that they can use. Give, oh, there's the clock. Okay, I'm going to wrap up, if you like. Stop. But it's about giving people something that they can use, 
not about stating the features and benefits of using our product are A, B, C, and D. No. What can you give somebody who hears about your product, which they can use in other places? And that is really, I mean, that is be very careful that you don't fall in the, into the trap of telling the truth. But what, but what they use in these other places must be the truth. Hold on a second, I... I was just thinking I'm going to get rid of that. But actually that thing, be very careful that you don't fall into the trap of telling the truth. I think that's a good thought-provoking line. Let me go back here and get rid of some of it though. Give people something that they can use. Give, oh, there's the clock. Okay, I'm going to wrap up, if you like. Stop. Get rid of this. Well, it's about giving people something that they can use. Not about stating the features and benefits of using our product are A, B, C, and D. No. What can you give somebody who hears about your product, which they can use in other places? And that is really, I mean, that is, be very careful that you don't fall in the, into the trap of telling the truth. But what, but what they use in these other places must be the truth, because otherwise you're having people using a very useful piece of information, but telling not the truth about it. No, 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 no. If they get rid of more of that, we'll just cut up here. What am I at? 11, nearly 12 minutes. I'm going to cut two minutes out of this thing. So cut from here to, to 14. There's a chunk. Get rid of that. Click the edit button. Delete it. It'll be gone in a second. And that means that I might very nearly have a 15-minute piece of audio. Come on, hurry up and delete. used to disappear a lot quicker when I clicked the cut button. No, I don't know. Why should the cut button... There we are, there we are. Now, I've got down to... What have I got? See exactly how many minutes well, do let us know and if you thought this episode was interesting there are other episodes on the website and if you did enjoy this we'd love for you to mention the podcast this was recorded in a car person. thank you very much for listening oh yeah by the way a ps there's a guy called mark cotton lives in the uk he's a bit of a sound guru he's got a business called uh, audio wrangler audio wrangler plays a guitar, terrific guy to speak to, and he produces the world's greatest podcast. The world's greatest podcast is called the Bletchley Park Podcast, the best podcast ever produced by a human being. He's our, he's our song guy. Hey, that's 15, that's 15 uh, minutes and uh, 9 seconds, so that's okay. By the way, I wasn't really altogether joking when I said that the Bletchley Park podcast is, in my opinion, the best um, podcast that's ever been produced. Um, of course, it's a ridiculous thing to say because it's all down to your personal preference, but the Bletchley Park podcast is recorded 
in the place where they broke the the coding that the Germans were using during the Second World War, which and in effect may have shortened the Second World War by quite a period of time. The Enigma Code. They they broke that code in Bletchley Park in the south of England. And what Mark Cotton is doing on that podcast with others is uh, recording the voices of people who worked at Bletchley at the time, which is a piece of oral history which is terribly important. Well, the last part of the operation... Oh, excuse the cricket on the background. The last part of the operation is simple. Putting it across from audacity to SoundCloud is easy. I now have it. Let's just double-check it and make sure that it, what it sounds like on uh, uh, in SoundCloud. Hello, it's Roger. Just as a little introduction to this episode, more of a... An... Thanks, Roger. We've got you. Okay, so that's it. It's there now. Um, I've attached uh, an image to it, Business Jazz, How to Be Genuinely Attractive in Business Today. It's a saxophone with uh, euros, pounds, dollars and yen signs coming out of the, out of the saxophone. Um, and that's the job done. God, the more I use Audacity, the quicker I get. Yes, maybe I should do it every single day. It'd be nice to be able to upload something from Audacity onto, onto Anchor. I bet you that can be done using the Clipper tool, isn't that right? That's the thing, you can use the Clipper tool, which I have never used. Or maybe I'll, maybe I'll even do that now. Why not? No time like the present. I must turn down the cricket. All right, 218 for seven. South Africa, England on a road to victory. Okay, now, I wonder what this would be like if I went to, what do I do? I go to Anchor, don't I? I go to Anchor, I go to Clipper or something like that. Anchor, Clipper. I can't even remember that. See, I've never used it, so I've never used the... That's probably going to take me to a ship, Anchor, Clipper. This is bound to take me on Google to a ship. This will not be what I'm looking for. But, since I... Oh, oh damn, I forgot my piece of toast. I got a piece of toast. Uh, come on, Google. I got a piece of toast over here. Getting cold. Toast. 
squeeze on black pepper. In this case, not good for my cholesterol, a little bit of salt, and you're getting hyper. Just go to Anch <coughs> Anchor FM. If I go to Anchor FM, it should tell me everything to do. Everything I should do. Yeah, it should be very straightforward. Log in. I will log in. I have uh, two two anchor accounts. Right, I'm in the right one. There's a thing here saying upload audio. Drag an audio file anywhere on the screen to upload it. Okay, I'll do that. I'll be back to you then. Hello, it's Roger. Just as a little introduction to this episode, more of a, an erratum that you'd find in a book because I get something wrong in this episode and I'm a little bit embarrassed because I call an athlete by the wrong name. John Kelly achieved a phenomenal feat and I get so excited in this this episode of Business Jazz talking about that feat that I get his name wrong and instead of calling him John Kelly I call him John Allen. So I just want you to know that the athlete who achieved the incredible thing that we talk about in this episode and you'll have to listen to the episode to find out exactly what it is he did do isn't called John Allen but is called John Kelly. And with that on to this episode. Welcome to Business Jazz with Paul O'Mahony and Roger Overall. The podcast about how to be genuinely attractive in business today. I was in business 
from about the age of uh, commercial business from about the age of eight and nine. My first business was uh, selling flowers to my mother. I used to grow hyacinths and narcissi uh, for Christmas time. In other words, get them in early ahead of the market and sell them to her and uh, build up a reserve uh, so that I would be able to go to America after I left school. <laughs> so you, you, you had a target market of one? I had, yes, yes. I had one very big client, very dangerous business. Of course, we would not advise people to have only one client. But if you are going to have one client, it's useful to, to know something about their their um, their viability as a business. And uh, I reckon that my uh, mother, if she failed in business, my father would bail her out. <laughs> um, I remember my first business venture was in school and I took photographs of a display at night of floats on water and they were done up with lights and I took photographs and my entire class went out to watch this and I sold pictures um, of the floats that came past and people could buy photographs of their their favourite float. Um, who, who bought the photographs? My school friends. Wow. Good and they gave you. me money up front because I thought, you know what, there will be production costs involved. So I'll take the money up front. That'll cover the production costs of having the film processed and the film uh, printed. And um, that'll be all very clever, except I was a bit of a novice, pho a novice photographer. And I got my exposures wrong, not realising that cameras aren't as sensitive and film isn't as sensitive as the human eye so these beautiful floats that we could see all lovely and lit up and beautiful patterns in light bulbs and what have you um, just didn't register on the film so all the photographs basically came out black and I had to hand everybody their money back and I made a loss because I, the only way I found out that all the photographs had come out black was of course after I paid for the post-production having the film developed and printed so my first venture in photography was a failure. Well, that's that's fantastic. That is actually the best thing that could possibly have happened to you. Yeah, I'm not sure I, I learned. Mean, I'd not, say you learned a few lessons. I did, I did. I learned the lessons. I'm not sure I applied them very well later in life. But listen, I have a topic I want to talk about. I learned a few lessons. I did. I did. I learned the lessons. I'm not sure I applied them very well later in life. But listen, I have a topic I want to talk about. I have a burning topic I want to talk about in this issue of the podcast. And okay, that's, burn away. Off that's you go. business communication. All right. That's letting someone else tell your story and how not to how not to do that. So Let, letting someone else tell your story. Yes. Why on earth would anybody in a business allow somebody else to tell their story? Well, you'd have to ask Apple because Apple for a long time have let other people tell their story. Now, one of the stories that other people have been telling about Apple is that Apple have given up on the professional creative community. Apple are no longer interested in creating computers even. Apple have decided that professional computers is something they're not interested in. This is the narrative that other people are telling on behalf of Apple. You mean all these big... Um big screens that I see Apple people having on their desk and sometimes more than one of them these huge big mothers of, of things with beautiful beautiful uh, pictures and quality and everything these
the creative people, the, the, the graphic designers, the architects, the whatever, the musicians, uh, somebody is saying that Apple's going to give up on that market? Yep. And all the signs that Apple have been putting out there, all the signals, would support that. For instance, closing down overnight their software, their professional creative software, like their photography software, and changing their video software without any backward compatibility, uh, releasing products that are underpowered. Yes, their products look beautiful, but what would you rather have, a beautiful looking car or a car that actually drove, a car that could actually get you to the destination? Any professional needs a car that will get you to the destination, needs a tool that gets the job done. Apple have decided that that maybe isn't the market they're interested in. So it seems. So this You're is... on an anti-Apple No, rant. I'm not. Yeah, I, no, no, look, I've heard it. You, you've just been doing nothing else. You probably uh, are uh, somebody who was so enamored with Steve Jobs that this, um, um, what's his name? The, the man who heads Apple these oh, days. Tim Cook. Yeah, that Tim Cook is never going to be good enough. You're just having a go at Apple. No. Well, yes, but a both reason. You cannot release a product that is underpowered and then charge twice as much for it and expect people, professionals, who are, by the way, in business, make their money from these tools, to be thrilled that you've just released something that isn't as good and is more expensive then you can get somewhere else. So why why would anybody stay with Apple if their products just aren't working as well anymore, if their products aren't as highly specced, aren't as functional, if overnight you're working on a piece of software that you've built your business on and Apple turns around and rips it away and says, well, we're not replacing it. We'll give, we'll give you an amateur version of it, but the professional version, that's gone now. You as a business cannot build your business on a company, on a relationship with a company like that. Anyway, I don't want to go down the track of why Apple has this reputation, because even Apple knows it has this reputation. And I will talk about what Apple had to do in a minute. Yeah, let's talk about it now, and then we'll segue into how it should be done. Apple recently had to convene a meeting specifically to sit down with journalists to say that they are still interested in the professional market, that they are still interested in providing cutting-edge products, that they will be developing in the, in the these in the future, at the same time acknowledging that the products they've released have not been what the professional market needs and not been what the professional market was expecting. That's what they had to do. They very rare for Apple to actually sit down and talk about what it's doing, what it's up to. It usually has these beautiful launch events at which it launches its new products. It very rarely sits down with journalists to go, actually there's a misconception out there, we know there's a misconception, we understand how it's come about, and these are the things we're doing, and these are the things we're doing to rectify the situation. It's kind of a secretive company, isn't it? Very secretive. Really go out of its way to engage with its audience at all. So look, I, I understand this, and this is very interesting kind of history, and uh, people who are interested in Apple listening to this on the podcast will be fascinated. But r please don't forget that 
there's a whole lot of people listening to this podcast who either are antipathetic to Apple or can't stand them because they don't use open source software. So, yeah, well, that's I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care because that's not actually the point of this episode. The point of the episode is how not to let somebody else tell your story. Um, and Apple is just an example of a company that let other people tell its story by leaving a void. Other people will come in and fill it. So, let's move on to another example, and let's also give a good example of how immediately to take control of a situation and communicate effectively out into the world what really happened. I am taking you to America. I am taking you to Frozen Head State Park on the East Coast. I am taking you back a few days to one of the most monumental running races ever held. I'm taking you to the 2017 edition of the Barclay Marathons. In case you haven't heard me speak about these before, I'll be very quick. The Barclay Marathons is a grueling event. It's a hundred mile event, possibly longer, because nobody really knows how long it is. You do five loops of a trail through Frozen Head Park. I think it's in Tennessee. Places must be the truth because otherwise you're having people using a very useful piece of information but telling not the truth about your business. Well look, we could be here like two philosophers discussing either epistemology or the definition of truth. Right? I think we're talking about either an elephant or a giraffe, and we both know, they may both, both be mammals, but we both know that the elephant in the room is, whether you like it or not, that human beings are less interested in truth than they are in whether they can turn something to their own benefit. Absolutely. All I'm saying is, if you're going to put out a message, why not make it a true message? You can still wrap it up in the stuff that you're saying. But I, I think it fundamentally, it should be a useful message that is also true. Look, I know it's true that I'm never going to shift you, right? <laughs> You're wedded to truth is probably because as a young child, you were brought up to believe that you should always tell the truth, right? Fair enough. You weren't brought up by a parent who said, Roger, above everything else, you know, if you have to choose between being truthful and telling an interesting story, for goodness sake, tell an interesting story. I'm more interested in an interesting lie than I am in a boring truth. Nobody told you that when you were young. Well, I, right? I, I, my, my, my philosophy, maybe that's why I'm such a bad marketer. What I'm trying to say is, I don't think it should be an either-or situation. I think it could be an and situation. Anyway, Paul, where can people find out about you? They can find out about me because I'll be on the Barclay Marathon. I'll be on loop number four. And if you don't find me within the next week, I'll be back next week. Paul Omani, Omani blog on the internet, right? I'm out there on loop four. Please send a rescue party. And Uh, what about you? um, You're not only found on the road to Dublin, but um, going to see a client today. Found um, on the internet. Uh, at Roger Overall, um, showandtellcommunications.net is my company. You can find out about the podcast at businessjazz.net. We'd love to hear from you. If 
you have any feedback at all, do let us know. And if you thought this episode was interesting, there are other episodes on the website. And if you did enjoy this, we'd love for you to mention the podcast to one other person. Thank you very much for listening. Oh yeah, by the way, a PS. There's a guy called Mark Cotton, lives in the UK. He's a bit of a sound guru. He's got a business called um, Audio Wrangler. Audio Wrangler. Plays a guitar. Terrific guy to speak to. And he produces the world's greatest podcast. The world's greatest podcast. It's called the Bletchley Park Podcast. The best podcast ever produced by a human being. He's our, he's our sound guy.